pastor. In fact, this message, your pastor's wife had heard this message and said, this is what I want for today. So if you want more of it, it's it's on there, sessions one through four. A little bit different because the Lord led us in a, in a different way sometimes. But for the most part, the message is there. So if you were saying, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. And then there's other messages on there. There's um, the books. You can buy any of the books that the Lord had me write um, at any Calvary bookstore. Or you can buy it at Amazon.com, carries all the books. So those are there. And also, if you just want to follow us and what we're up to with Bulgaria, you can subscribe to our newsletters. It says that I would like to do a quarterly newsletter. I really only do it about twice a year. So you don't have to worry. You won't get too many emails from me. And it says you can subscribe to the weekly blogs. Those are lucky if they're once a month. So <laughs> maybe when I'm actually living in Bulgaria, I might have time to write more. You know how you always dream? I think I'll have more time to do the blogs. I mean, my heart is to do that but life gets so busy and stuff but over Bulgaria I have such unique stories you know that are just so interesting that a lot of times I get inspired for blogs but if you go on there and you uh, click on either one of the first two blogs that are listed there you can see the little place that Lord willing we've been praying 11 years for it and it looks like we really might buy it. But we say that nothing's a done deal in Bulgaria until it's a done deal. And so it's a tiny, tiny little hotel. It's more like a, um, a bed and breakfast. And so we will only be able to sleep six. But that's the perfect size for us to do our counseling weekends. And some of you have asked, you know, am I still counseling right now? And right now I'm not because we're moving on January 9th. So our life is just sort of crazy. The first time we moved overseas, I said I was just clueless in what it took to move overseas the second time I knew what it took so I said I was absolutely crazy and so what does it make me the third time I'm moving overseas except that I just totally love the Lord and I'm going to go where he calls me but it's pretty hard to move overseas and and so we're just really busy but there's a packet back there called DVD Disciple Me, and um, we did um, the Go in Peace one time at uh, Calvary Chapel of the Harbor with all of their women, and so it's just videos, and I can take you through that way on the DVD through the Go in Peace material. Or, here's something else. If you really want to be discipled with me, it's a little expensive, but we love to train up people in how to disciple. And so that was one of the reasons why we had so many people staying with us in Bulgaria, because they would say, I would love to be discipled by you. And I said, then you have to come live with us. And so you do have the opportunity to come and stay with us for two or three weeks or a couple months and be discipled by us. You know, it just would cost the funds to do that you know and then I love to train people this is one of my favorite things and this is our main focus in ministry in Bulgaria is to train up church leadership and how to minister to their own hurting people and so we're not a church plant in Bulgaria we have a foundation called the truth and hope foundation and we that's our main focus to train up the Bulgarian church how to minister to their own hurting people and so we work across the whole country and um, and so I love to do leadership training and how to do that well what I started noticing I was doing that twice a year here in California and what I noticed was a lot of the people who are already discipling with the curriculum that the Lord had me write they keep coming to the leadership training over and over and over again and I'm like why you guys keep coming it's like you know the same leadership training and they're like you always have different life application stories and we want to hear all your stories and I'm like okay great you know you can come but I want to have 
have a two-week trip you can come on if you want to really learn how to minister to people who are hurting and you could raise the funds or have the funds. I want a two-week trip this summer that people can come over. It would be very small because we can only sleep six, remember. But uh, somebody can come over, and for a week and a half, you would have in-depth training in how to minister to the hurting people by um, taking you through Go in Peace and teaching you how I use it and things like that. And then the last weekend that you were there, we would do a Bulgarian women's Go in Peace weekend, and you would be able to serve the women that were coming through the weekend, which is really cool. You might not be able to talk to them. If there's a translator there, you know, you'd be able to talk to them. But anyhow, so if you want more information about that, just go to my website. You can subscribe. If you're interested in something like that, definitely subscribe to the blogs because it would be on blogs that I would notice, you know, notify that and everything. And then you could Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page. You can like, there's all different ways to stay in touch. So just grab a card and then look at that. So anyhow, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just again thank you. And I think the reason we just keep coming before you and saying thank you is because it's just amazing what you've done for us, Lord. We truly are your bride, and you paid the greatest price for us. And, Lord, I pray for each woman here again. It's been a long day. They have been given a lot of information and been taught a lot about you. But, Lord, I pray that their eyes and their ears and their hearts would be open again to receive a little bit more from you. And, Lord, when they go home this evening, let them just hold on to the special things that you spoke to them. I know sometimes I've been at a retreat. Maybe I've been serving at a retreat and wondering, Lord, you know, I've just been so busy serving and then you speak one sentence that means so much to me and so lord even for the women who have been serving all day and maybe now maybe they were even teaching a workshop and now they can just go oh, i can relax i'm almost done with my part lord i pray that you would just speak something to them as well and so fill this place with your holy spirit and go before again the message we thank you and praise you in jesus name amen Okay, we are again in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to turn there. Ephesians chapter 4. And in verse 24, and I'm going to be going around a little bit. So if you have a pen, you can write down the other verses. And I like to put a star next to, instead of turning all the time in my Bible, I'll, put a, I'll write down what the speaker wrote as a scripture reference. And then if it really spoke to me when they read it, I put a star next to it. So I can go back and look at it later in my own time. And so you might want to do that for this study because we're going to jump around a, a bit. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, it says, Says, and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And as we talked about before, we are created to be like God and we are created to walk in righteousness and holiness. And verse 28 goes on to say, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. We talked about that, so don't do that anymore. But must work doing something useful with our own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Isn't that interesting that he may have something to share with those in need? And Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
God wants us to be sharing our life with people. He wants us to be sharing our talents with people. He wants us to be sharing our gifts. Do you know that every single person in this room has at least one spiritual gift? And most of you have many more spiritual gifts. And I used to think, oh, do I have a gift? I can't play a guitar or something. That's actually a talent. But each one of us has a gift. There's the gift of teaching. That's my absolute favorite gift. I love to teach God's word, as you can tell. There's the gift of evangelism. There's the gift of servanthood. All the people that have been serving today, they probably have the gift of servanthood, and they're just serving the Lord in any way they can. There's so many different gifts. The gift of mercy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. And so if you don't know what your gifts are, take time to learn about that because more than likely God is going to have you serve in an area of your life that lines up with your gifting. And so if you don't know what your gifts are, you might get the book by Chuck Smith, um, Living Water. He talks about um, spiritual gifts. You might ask friends of yours. Who, it's funny how people can see your gifts even though you don't see them, you know. And they're like, oh, you've got the gift of administration. One time I was counseling a college kid, and she's getting ready to go off to college. And um, I said, so what are you going to go to college for? And she goes, I want, I'm going into business administration. I said, really? Do you have the gift of administration? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I go, well, it's sort of important for you to figure this out because if you don't have the gift of administration, you probably won't like business administration. But if you have that gift, you're going to love it. And we had just finished the counseling appointment, so we were walking out of the church office, and right then we walked by um, somebody at the front desk, and they were getting ready for our women's retreats. And so even though they're there to answer the phones, they're putting together all the little things and stuff. And I said, look, for example, Johnny Ann, she has the gift of administration. And Johnny Ann looks up, she's putting something together, and she's like, I do? And I go, yes, you do. And she goes, really? I go, tell me, answer this question right now. I go, are you having a really good time putting all these things and stuff together? And she goes, yes, I am. And I said, see, you have the gift of administration. I call that the gift of things and stuff. And I don't have it. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) But it's the gift of things and stuff. I'm better with people, you know. Give me, you know, talking one-on-one or teaching. Those are my gifts. But if if we were cleaning up, I'd be walking around the table. I'd want to help, but I'd be saying, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? (laughs) And so people that know me really well, they're like, Cherie, just go talk to that woman. Okay. (laughs) I can do that. Because that falls under my giftings. Isn't that funny? And we make up the body of Christ. And as we learn our different gifts, it can be really fun in how to serve the Lord. And you'll see that God puts the coolest teams together because you have different gifts and you just complement each other. But God wants us to be sharing our lives with others. He wants us to share our gifts with others. He wants us to share our finances with others. And he wants us to share our times with others. And as we do this, this is being clothed in the unfading beauty of the Lord. And that's the title of this session, Clothed in Unfading Beauty. And so we've seen that today that we are the bride of Christ. And I love the verse that was on the front of our little program. I never got this verse in any of my things from you. And so when I saw it, I just loved it. 
elated to, I'm like, oh, I would have loved to have this because I kept going back to the notes that she had written me as there's a verse she specifically wants. But it says, I rejoice because of what the Lord has done. I am like a bride dressed for her wedding. God has clothed me with, with salvation and victory. Isn't that interesting? Just in this passage, there's more I am statements. I am like a bride, and we know we're the bride of Christ. I am dressed for the wedding. Isn't that interesting? That God sees you dressed for the wedding, and it, you're clothed with salvation, and you're clothed with victory. Victory. Is that amazing? So I just love it. Revelation 19, and it matched the first song we were singing. I love it because we didn't talk. Revelation 19, 6 through 8 says, Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And so this describes you and I as Christ's bride. And fine linen is the unfading beauty of the Lord that will come out of our lives. And isn't it interesting that God's word says fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Isn't that interesting? And what exactly does that mean? Think about it for the moment. I believe that the righteous acts of the saints means that there's something that you and I are to be busy about as we're waiting for our bridegroom to return to come and get us. Remember what we talked about this morning? That that at some point the father's going to tell the son to come and get his bride. And we don't know where what, what time that is. And we can either be five of the wise or five of the foolish. Remember that story in Matthew? And so what are we supposed to be busy about while we're waiting? How can we be ready? Yet this verse talks about the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And I believe that each day is a gift from God. A gift that we are to use with wisdom. A gift that we are to use to glorify him. We're not to be wasting our days. But a lot of times I find myself wasting my days. Do you guys waste your days? I'm tired. I don't want to do that or whatever. I just want to read a book or whatever. And sometimes books are okay. I'm not saying that that rest. Sometimes rest is from the Lord. But it's that wisdom of what he wants you to be busy about. Are you supposed to be resting right now? Are you supposed to be sitting down and fellowshipping with somebody right now? Are you supposed to be out doing something? And so it's having that wisdom and asking the Lord what to do with each day that he's given us. Because you see, ladies, this life is not our own. It is not our own. We were bought with a price. And therefore, we're to honor God with our life, aren't we? His word teaches that. And so there's something we're to be busy about as we're waiting the bridegroom's return. You see, each one of us has a call on our life. And each one of us has been given gifts to fulfill that call. No one's exempt. You might be sitting here going, but I don't have any gifts. Yes, you do. And you might be thinking, there's nothing he's called me to do. Yes, 
he has. There's something he wants you to be busy about. It doesn't matter if you're the littlest child. Isn't it amazing how God uses children sometimes? Oh, my goodness. The words that come out of their mouth and their questions. And don't they, have you ever had a little one just like nail you? Like you're like going, I wonder if I should do this. And they say something, you're like, oh, okay. I guess, <laughs> I guess I better do that. You know, it's just amazing. So God uses the little one, and it doesn't matter how old you are. God is using you. Do you know on the field I can't do the work without the prayer warriors? Do you know I can't? And sometimes I know some of the most precious prayer warriors that are praying for me are people that think they're at the end of their life because they can't go out and serve the Lord in the way that they used to. But you know what? Prayer is on the front line of the battle. And I even somebody today told me, I've been praying for you. I'm like, thank you. I need it. She didn't even know me. She's praying for me. And I need it. We, you know, it's hard with what we're going through right now. We need those prayers to be, to be able to walk the walk God's calling us to walk. To not give up. To not get discouraged. To not say, oh, is this ministry all just a waste of time? They're not getting it, you know. <laughs> so many times you'll be ministering to somebody and, and you're like, aren't they getting it, you know. But you can't look at it like that. You need to remember that God's word will never return void. And that he called you to speak that word to that person. And in his timing, that person's going to grab hold of it. And so we need prayer. It doesn't matter your age. Even if you're elderly and you think there's nothing left for you to do, there is. There is. God has you here for a reason. He has a call on each one of our lives. God's word says in Romans 11:29 that God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable. Irrevocable, ladies. So you can't give it back. Have you ever wanted to give back a gift that God's given you? <laughs> no, Lord, not that gift. I want that gift over there. I don't want this gift. But God knows which gifts he wants to give you. And really, if he wrapped it all up in a beautiful present, would you not open it? You know, when you're given these gifts today, are you just not going to open it? You're going to open it, right? So open the gifts that God gives you and use them. Yet many of us are missing out on being all that God calls us to be because we're busy living our lives for self. Remember the story of the ten virgins? Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The five foolish ones' hearts weren't ready. They were living their lives for self, and they were focused on self. And I don't want to be one of the foolish. Do you? I want to be one of the wise. I want to get to the end of my life and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you? So let's talk about what we're to be busy about as we await the return of our bridegroom. Matthew 6. 19 through 21, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what are these treasures that we are to be busy about, that we're to be storing up in heaven? They are the rewards that you will be receive in heaven, which you earn by your work unto him. 
Now, the the Unger's Bible Dictionary says, Rewards are offered by God to a believer on the basis of faithful servant rendered after salvation. And so it's important to know that we are not saved by our works. You're not saved by your works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast so we don't get receive salvation by the work we do to from lord that's simply a gift that we just receive from the lord and then walk in it but because of what christ has done in our lives can we offer him anything less in our lives a lot of people ask me why do you do what you do And, oh, my goodness, because of what Christ did for me, I shared just a little bit of my terrible testimony and the wrong choices that I made in my life. But God, he sent his son to die on that cross to atone for all of my sin. And he gave up his life for me. Can I offer him anything less in my life? The answer is no. If you truly look at the price that Jesus Christ paid for you, can you offer him anything less than your life? You really can't. And if you're saying, yeah, but he can't have my whole life, then you're living for self, aren't you? And that's not what God has for you. So after salvation, we are called to serve God, and our works are simply a result of our salvation. They're not to save us. They're just the result of our salvation. And really, can you offer him anything less than your life? That's what it comes down to. Now, remember, I shared with you that we are God's work of art. That is who we are in Christ. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do a good work, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we are called to do a work for him while we're in this body. And as a result, we're going to be rewarded for that work. That's not why I do what I do. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go serve the Lord in Bulgaria because I'm going to be rewarded for that. That is not my motivating factor. My motivating factor is on account of what Christ did for me, can I offer him anything less? But as I serve him, as you serve him, you will be rewarded for that work. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In fact, or now this afternoon, sorry. In fact, it's been, today has gone by fast. In fact, God calls you to bear fruit. And you are called to be Christ's ambassador, as if though God was making his appeal to man through you. Can you imagine? You're an ambassador for Christ. And you are called to be the salt of the earth. That's why sometimes we do have to speak the truth in love. Because what is salt? Salt is a purifier. Salt is a healer. And so sometimes we are called to speak the truth in love, which is hard. That's being salt. But we're also called to be a light. So sometimes we're supposed to bite our tongue and zip our lips and smile in love. 
And that's being a light. We're called to be both. It's that balance and asking the Lord for the balance. When do you speak the truth in love? When do you zip your lips? When do you say what you need to say? When do you don't say it? And God will lead you and guide you every step of the way as you continually cleanse your heart, give him the hurt and pain, and ask him to lead you and guide you. And all of these truths are who you are in Christ. And all of these truths teaches us that we are to be busy about something while we're here on earth. We have a calling. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.10 says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, it's interesting in the NIV study Bible, the study note says, this accounting has nothing to do with justification, which is credited to the Christian fully and forever through faith in Christ. Instead, it refers to what we have done with our lives as Christians. And so really quickly, there's going to be two future judgments that are still to come that are talked about in the Bible. And so I'm going to go over the two really quickly so you have a clear understanding and you're not confusing them before we move on to the the meat of this message. That's so cool. So the first one is, well, the two are the great right throne judgment. And the second one is the judgment seat of Christ. In Revelation 20, 11 through 15, We learn about the first one. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The seas gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his work. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so if your name is not written in the book of life because you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then according to God's word, you're going to be judged for the things that were done while in the body, which means also you're going to be judged for not accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, the only way that you could get into heaven if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're going to depend on this judgment right here, is by following every single law that is in this book. Now, some people think that it's the Ten Commandments. Do you know that there's actually 613 different laws in the Old Testament? That the law is impossible to, inhumanly impossible to keep. But the law was given to point us to Christ, to show us that there's no way that we can earn salvation on our own. It's only by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, guess what? Our name is written in the book of life, and we don't have to go before the great right throne judgment. Isn't that wonderful news? That's the hallelujah. And we get to walk right past. 
But there's a second judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. And this is called, sorry, the judgment seat of Christ. And there's many verses and passages within the Bible that speak of this judgment. But the one that I truly like and I really beckons me is found in 2 Corinthians um, 5.10, which I read a little bit earlier. Listen to it again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, this judgment has nothing to do with our sins, okay, which we talked about earlier. We're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, but it has everything to do with how we lived our life. See, there's two parts of sanctification. There's a positional sanctification and there's a practical sanctification. The positional sanctification is who you are the moment you're accepted by Jesus. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are covered by Christ's righteousness. That's practical sanctification. But God's word also talks about, sorry, that's positional sanctification. God's word also talks about that you are holy. And there's a practical sanctification that we live out every day in our life as we walk the walk. God calls you to walk according to your call, to live worthy of the call that God has in your life. So according to God's word, We will be rewarded for the things done while in this body, whether good and bad. And this judgment doesn't have to do with the punishment like the great right throne judgment does for unbelievers, but it has everything to do with receiving or even not receiving rewards in heaven. Now, there's no sadness in heaven. God's word talks about that. So you don't have to go, oh, no, I'm going to know I blew it and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be more like you just know you missed out on a reward. You know, you're going to know that you missed out. And somehow I believe, I don't know how it's all going to work in heaven. We can only wonder about it and dream about it. But somehow we're going to be aware of both the rewards we receive and the rewards we missed out on because we did not do what God called us to do sometimes. And let me give you an example. What if God, has God ever done this to you? He's done this to me before. I've been like, back when you used to pay for gas, remember when you'd go in and you'd pay for gas, you didn't have your ATM. Maybe you young ones don't remember that. But you used to have to walk in and pay for your gas, and then you'd walk back out. But sometimes I'd walk in the station, and the Lord would put on my heart, go tell that woman I love her. And I would think, what? And he's like, go tell that person I love her. And I'm like, but I don't even know her. You know, I start arguing with the Lord. He's like, just go tell her I love her. But Lord, she's going to think I'm weird. You know, she's going to think I'm really crazy. And he's like, go tell her I love her. And have you ever had that argument with the Lord? Some of you are shaking your head yes. You know, and if you're like me, have you ever not done it? You know, I've not done it, right? You know, and so I walk out and I don't tell her, you know, and God's still going to tell her he loves her. He's going to use somebody else in spite of us. But I missed that reward. And so somehow in heaven, I'm going to know I missed that reward. And then, but we can also make it up, you know, you're going to go into, he's going to give you another opportunity. You're going to walk in someplace else and he's going to say, go tell that person that I love her. And have you ever done it? Have you ever walked up to a complete stranger and just say, hello, I know you don't know me. And this might sound a little weird, but the Lord's really putting this on my heart. I just want to say that God loves you. And man, they're smiling. Really? 
I mean, I cannot tell you the the different reactions. I've never had anybody go, go away, you're insane. You know, nobody's ever done that. They just all like smile or they cry or they do something. And so sometimes God calls us to do things, but we don't always do them, do we? We struggle with it because our flesh and all of these things. Well, God is calling us to live our life in a certain way. He's calling us to walk the walk. For the young ones, maybe, who are single, and he's calling you to walk that walk of purity. You know, there are going to be rewards in heaven for you as you walk that walk. People are watching your life. You're different, and there's going to be rewards in heaven. But if you blow it and you fall into the flesh side, although, of course, the moment you repent, God can wash you clean of your sins, you're also going to somehow know that you blew it. That part I don't understand. I just know what God's word says, that we're going to be rewarded for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So coming back to that, I want to bring you to the coolest part. It's so neat when I first heard this teaching. Now, in 2 Peter 3, 8, it says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And many times I think we look at this verse and we use it to explain why the Lord is tearing. Well, you know, it's been 2,000 years since Christ has been here. And so it's really only two days. And that's why he hasn't returned back, you know, and that's why he's tearing. And if you look at it that way, you know, you can understand that maybe he's tearing. But we miss the other part of it where it says, and a day is like a thousand years. Why would God's word say A day is like a thousand years. Really interesting. I had the honor one time of listening to Johnny Erickson Tata teach. If you know who she is, she's the woman that when she was about 17, she dived uh, into a lake and broke her neck. And so she's in a wheelchair, but she has amazing ministry. And so she was teaching about this verse. And there was a young girl she was sharing about who at the time was in an iron lung. And she just wanted... Um, them to pull the plug to no longer have her live she couldn't understand why she was living and so somebody asked Johnny Erickson Tata if she would go talk to her and so she started to teach this woman that you know that um, God is the author and finisher of our faith and that her days are in the Lord's hands and what if every day even though your days might be short what if every day that God has given you You have the ability in that one day to build up a thousand years of rewards. Would you look at your day differently? And think about it. We're going to be with the Lord for all eternity. Now, some people believe that because in Revelation it talks about the elders casting their crowns at the Lord's feet. Some people believe that our rewards are crowns, and maybe we're going to worship and honor the Lord with it. Well, don't you want to have a lot, you know? I mean, all of us, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to be there. But there might be some people who don't have the rewards to give out to him. I want to give back to him. So what if in this one day that God's given you, you have an opportunity to build up a thousand years of rewards? Would you live your life differently? And so she asked that girl, I'll never forget. She says, what if when your mom comes in to feed you through your feeding tube, 
you joke and you say, thanks, Mom, that tasted great. What if that was worth 365 years worth of rewards? Would you live your life differently? And wouldn't you want every day that God's giving you so you could build up those rewards? You know, perspective changes everything, doesn't it? And when we change our perspective of how we look at things, it changes everything. And so I want to encourage you, what if today, this day, you had the opportunity to build up rewards in heaven? What if you stayed afterwards and helped clean up and that was worth 265 years of rewards in heaven? (laughs) Would you stay and help clean up? (laughs) It changes it, doesn't it? (laughs) Listen to what 1 Corinthians 3, 8 through 15 says. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, speaking of the the judgment seat of Christ, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Isn't that interesting? And so our work, the Lord's going to judge that work somehow. And you're going to be rewarded for that work. And we need to get to a place also to understand that the things here on earth are all going to burn. The material things we work for, the, 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 the craziness, it's, it doesn't matter. Look at the, the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. And the foolish ones, why did they not get in? It's because their heart was not right with God. And we see here even that our work is going to be looked at of whether it is gold or silver or whether it's wood, hay, and stubble and burns up. Because with the Lord, everything is a heart issue. And so I want to make a point that our work is not as a result to earn rewards or to get into heaven. Our work should just come from what Christ did for us. But in that, When you look at what he's done for you and you take that time to just say, Lord, here I am. You gave your life for me. I want to give my life back to you. What do you want me to be busy about today? And whatever he puts on your heart, do it. What if it's to go visit an elderly friend? If just going to visit that elderly friend, even though your schedule is so busy, You take that hour or two to go visit them. Could that be worth 485 years worth of rewards in heaven? Or what about when you zipped your lips and bit your tongue because God was saying, don't say that. 
Is that worth a hundred years of reward? I mean, think about it. If we lived our life differently. So it's time to start thinking about that. Uh, Psalms 94 says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. And so it reminds us that our life is fleeting. No one knows the day or the hour that the Lord will call you home. But he wants us, as we're waiting, to be busy about building up our treasures in heaven. And then we know that we're busy about doing the work for the Lord. And so how do we build up those treasures in heaven in closing? And since we're clothed in righteousness, and since the deep heart work that the Lord wants to do in our heart, and we become that cleansed vessel, we are now prepared to be clothed in the unfading beauty of Christ as his bride. Remember, fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And there's work that we're to be busy about. Maybe that work is to help lead others to Christ. Maybe some of you have the gift of evangelism. If you do, go out and share the Lord. Now, in the book, uh, where it's in God's Word, where it's teaching about gifts, it says that God gave some of you to be evangelists. So not all of you have that gift. That's okay. If you don't have the gift, you don't have to share Christ with anybody in the grocery store line. It's okay. That's not your gifting. Don't feel guilty about that. But... Live your life according to the truth of God's word. Because sometimes your life may be the only Bible they will ever read. People are watching you. Let your life line up with Christ and his word. Do you want to know the number one reason why I get Christian teens in my office for counseling? Number one reason, whether they're struggling with rebellion, whether they're struggling with drugs and alcohol, it doesn't matter what they're struggling with, bulimia, anorexia, whatever, you want to know what the bottom line is? It's the hypocrisy that they see in their parents' life. Their parents are one way on Sunday and Wednesday, and they're another way during the week. And the kids see that, and the parents are then ragging on the kid to live according to God's word, but they see that their parents aren't. And so I want to encourage you to live that life. People are watching. Our kids are watching. Our family members are watching. Even if we're older and we have adult kids, they're still watching us. They're watching us. Our grandkids are watching us. Do you know, I'll, share, I'll end with one story. In Bulgaria, everybody watched us. We were the Americans that stood out anyhow. And back, back then, when we first lived there, there weren't a lot of foreigners. And so they just watched us. We would go shopping, and then we would walk through the vegetable vendor's place, and every vegetable vendor would be looking at what our bag had and what we bought. It was just crazy. So one day we're walking through, and all of a sudden I see avocados, you know, and I hadn't seen avocados since we had lived there. And I'm like, oh! Avocados, I can't believe it. And I stopped my husband, look, there's avocados. We love Mexican food. In fact, if you came to visit us, we would tell you, if you got off the plane with no tortillas, you wouldn't get a ride from the airport. We would leave you there. (laughs) Praise the Lord, they now have flour tortillas. And we actually made our own tortillas before. But anyhow, so they were people were always watching us. So one day there's avocados. I'm like, oh, this is so great. So I asked the guy in Bulgaria, and I go, what do you call this? And he's like, what? I go, what is this called? And I'm holding up the avocado. And he says, avocado. (laughs) 
excited, and I bought the avocado. Do you know that next day we walked through the vegetable vendors, and every single vendor, like 15 of them, all had avocados. We come walking by, avocado, 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 avocado. <laughs> and we're like, we can't eat that many avocados. And then what was really sad was they were all buying them wrong. They were buying them rotten, you know. So I felt so bad because if anybody actually tried it, like a Bulgarian, they would go, this is terrible. So... I prayed about it, and that was when I was first trying to learn Bulgarian. I still don't know Bulgarian, but I was really trying hard to learn Bulgarian. So I had to look up to go down and teach him. I taught one of the vendor I originally bought from, and I said, okay, because I knew if I taught him, he'd tell everybody else. And I said, this is how you buy avocados. Don't buy them like this. this is no good. It tastes terrible. Nobody will ever buy them from you again. But if you want to make money, then buy your avocados like this. And it's just amazing because everybody's watching. Everybody's listening. Everybody watching everything we do it just it just was amazing and even though more people might watch us there they're watching you here and truly sometimes your life may be the only bible they will ever read and sometimes with our families you know that sometimes you can't even share christ with your families they're so close and if you try to share with them you're going to push them further away But if you just live your life, one of my family members one time said to me, well, I hate Christians because I hate them shoving Christ down my throat. And I thought, why do you say that? I don't say anything about the Lord for a couple years. Nothing. Zip my lip, you know, all of this. And I was asking another friend why they say that. And they said, Sheree, you don't even have to say the word Christ. Your life lives it. And he sees it. And, and he's seen it. He's being convicted. And praise the Lord, he later came to the Lord, and he's actually now in heaven. But I want to encourage you that every day is a gift from God and that God has a call on your life. And you are the bride of Christ. And you have been clothed in the fine linen. And now the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. You're a saint. God's word says that every single person who's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior is a saint. So you could add that to the I am list. I am a saint. And so live your life with those righteous acts. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you again and we praise you and we give you the glory for this day. And Lord, I lift up each woman in this room. And Lord, you know the call you have on her life. You know the things that you want her to be busy about while she's waiting for you to come and get her. While she's waiting for that trumpet sound to blow. And so, Lord, I pray that that we would not waste any days, myself included, that we would be busy about whatever you've called us to do. And it doesn't have to be huge things. Maybe my day tomorrow is packing a suitcase to move. That's being busy about your work. Maybe tomorrow for one of the ladies here is, like we said, just visiting an elderly friend or maybe taking care of the children in the children's ministry. Whatever it is, let them be busy about your work. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you the glory for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Cherie. What a blessing.